up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richman, and you are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. In today's show, we are getting into the nitty-gritty of position battles. Who's going to start? Who fills out the back half of the rotation? And who can maybe sneak in and earn some playing time later in the year if they're not there at the beginning? Uh, Portland's roster set. We got 15 players. Uh, they have one uh, one two-way spot to fill out, and potentially they'll do that here. You assume they'll invite some youngsters to training camp and they'll sign the best tall person, tall, tall player with less than four years of NBA experience to that second two-way spot. And that's how they'll do it. Uh, they need front court depth. That's how it works. But they got 15 NBA contracts on there. They got a bunch of young dudes in the back half of the roster. So it's not like they need other youth, but it's the, the group is set. Uh, they can add more players up to 20 heading into training camp, but they haven't done so already. And, and I, it's probably a safe bet that this is the group that they have. So the, the, what I want to explore today is kind of what are the position battles that when training camp does open up here in September, uh, later, you know, as we head into summer into fall, who is, who is actually batting for battling for playing time or what positions are really up for grabs? The four, there are four starters that are basically cemented. Damon Lowe is going to start at point guard. Every time is going to start shooting guard. Jeremy Grant's going to start at power forward, and uh, Yusuf Nurkic is going to start at center. That's one spot up for grabs. I know that like some in the there, there are fans debating the sort of merits of starting Anthony Simons. The team isn't. That, that's that's uh, that's not something they're debating. That is a fit question for another day. Here, let's just talk about like what's actually going to happen. So, assuming that knowledge. What we're really talking about is who starts at small forward. And I think this is the most intriguing position battle. Position is competition. It's a better word. It's not a battle. Uh, too many war metaphors in the sports world. Uh, it's it's a competition to see who gets that three spots. Uh, I think this is the most intriguing one. We'll talk about some others later in the show. But let's, let's start here with this one. Again, with the knowledge that four positions, four starting spots are, are set. I think... If I was pressed today to guess who starts at small forward on opening night, I would guess Nazir Little. And the case for Nazir Little is pretty simple. He's the right size. The Blazers need length on the wings. It's one of the things they're, they're lacking a little bit. And if you assume that Damon Ant are going to play a bunch and play a bunch together, which I think they will, um, even if you really reduce their minutes playing together, you're still talking, uh, you know, if you, if you are super hyper-aggressive with limiting their minutes together, it's still 12 minutes a night. Um, and that's fine. I think they can get there, but it's, it's 12 minutes a night to begin and then end the game. Even that seems weird. I don't think they'll they'll be that aggressive with it. But um, but but sure. Let's let's assume that they do that. Even if you do that, you got to start the game with a small forward, and you got to start the game, or you got to start the game with a, a bigger forward in my mind. Or it makes more sense to start the game with a bigger forward, just because you you have two guards there, um, two smaller guards there, and and it helps if you have, um. Some bigger, longer wing options in Nazir Little is that. Uh, Nas is probably a better one-on-one defender than he is help defender at this point, but he has some skills as like a, as a shot blocker that could um, that if he gets a little bit better defensive awareness, he could become a better rim protector. Like I think, or a better 
rim protector is not even the right word, help help defender, help side defender than he is right now. I think he's better at one-on-one defense than the team concept. But the better at one-on-one defense is valuable. Blazers need team team defenders. Nas is, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six with length. Um, you know, 6'5", with length, he's, and he's strong. Like, he's he's totally a comfortable three, and I think he's even, like, a, an undersized four because of his, his uh, particularly his offensive rebounding. I think he can play that a little bit more on that in a moment. But he's, to me, the ideal choice at three, and not because he's better than the other options, but because he's the right size, and some of the, better, and some of the other options maybe fit better with that second unit. So if I had to guess today, uh, I'm recording this on the evening of uh, July 28th, or the afternoon of July 28th, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, my time, the evening of July 28th, uh, it's... I think Nas is your pick, to, or my pick, to start at small forward, but he's by no means a lock to be that guy by any means, because the Blazers have other options, including Josh Hart, who I think is pretty obviously the Blazers' fifth best player. But but best is, you know, it's it's relative and fit, and your teammates, your coworkers, and this stuff matters. It matters. So while Josh Hart, I think, has a compelling case to be start at three, it leaves the Blazers a little bit small on the wing. Um, it leaves them with, it, it leaves them playing an undersized, I don't know if Ant's an undersized two, but he's he's not super, super strong. Like he's not like a big physical uh, two, he's, he's, but he might be tall enough. He might be the same size as like most shooting guards and a little small at the three and adding two smaller wings next to Dame. We've kind of seen this experiment before. Uh, you know, Norman Powell's probably a better offensive player than Josh Hart's, a little better scorer than Josh Hart, but Josh Hart's probably, for my money, a little better overall player because of the defense and the passing. Um, but we kind of seen the even if you let's consider them like the Norm and Josh thing like pretty equal. Three guard lineup can only go so far. Uh, there just are real limitations. Like I think even Hart as a defensive upgrade, there are real limitations to what he can play. Can Hart close the game at three? Yeah, I think that's in certain situations. Yes, depending on the matchup, right, and depending on who Jeremy Grant is comfortable guarding in that in that matchup, right. Like I think you might be able to get away with it, depending on who the opponent is. But Hart to me doesn't seem like an ideal three, but he's totally capable of it. Um, he's something like you know his he played thirteen games in Portland where he was just absolutely lights out as a shooter. Nuts, nuts. Like his his thirteen game sample size with the Blazers is like borderline all-star stuff he was so good um if you think he's going to be a little bit less than that because you know his teammates are going to be different and he's just not going to be on an absolute heater like he was for a month or whatever in portland he's he's probably more like a league average shooter or slightly below average is is probably what he's, he's grades out as for his career so you know you can you want him you can hide him on the on the court with that group is what i'm trying to say even as a below average shooter and and it's okay but he's not like an ideal spacer and he's his skills are probably better used because he's better with the ball in his hands so getting him on the court when it's not dame and ants but one of those two guards he maximizes what he does well. He can pass. He can dribble a little bit. Um, he's probably better complement to either of the two starting guards than as the third guy with those starting guards. You just take away some of what Josh Hart is good at. And the whole point of putting guys on the floor at the right time is maximizing what they can do. I think Josh Hart is their fifth best player. I think Josh Hart is, I like straight up am a fan of his game, like a big fan of his game. I really have, been, have enjoyed watching him, you know, uh, prior to the Blazers and certainly in his 13 game heater with the Blazers, a ton of fun. I think you get the most out of Josh Hart off the bench. But he is certainly, in theory, in competition with Nazir Little. And I think the last 
reasonable choice. I think there's two, but and I'll say the one that isn't reasonable first. I think there's an outside chance Justice Winslow starts there. Really outside, though. So I think really who you're talking for the third person to potentially start at small forward, and I don't think it's particularly likely, is Gary Payton. Gary Payton II is a elite point of attack defender. He can play bigger than he is, um, and that's good because he's 6'2", uh, but or maybe 6'3", depending on depending on where what he's listed at in the in the media guide, but 6'2"-ish. Uh, he plays bigger than that. He certainly does, and I think he can guard twos and threes and fours, and he's kind of like a screen roller on offense. His offensive role is something more akin to, like, center, or power forward or center. But defensively, he's like a point-of-attack guy. You want him on guards. That's where he's, like, great. Um, he can guard up and guard bigger and guard larger wings and be good at it, but great, like, where you maximize his skills is him guarding ones and twos and locking up lead ball handlers. That's that's where he's best. You know, he can, it took him a while to kind of find his spot in the league, and then he really found it last year. So there's there's reason to believe that, like, now that people and the league appreciates what GP can do, that there's, like, more to his game and he can continue to expand it. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. If he gets a big-minute role, um, I don't think he's going to make an all-defensive team just because of, like, the minutes type of um, distri- distribution that he's going to end up with, but he's good enough to be in consideration for an all-defense type team if he's healthy and plays all year long. He's that good on defense. That doesn't mean that he's a good starting small forward for this particular team. It just means that's the case for him. Elite point of attack defender, really good cutter, um, not, not much of a floor spacer, but is an okay, you know, stand him in the corners type of stuff. Shooting is not what, why GP's on the court. Offense is not why he's on the court. Great offensive rebounder, really good cutter, elite defender. That's the case to be made, but I think based on size and skill set, Nas is who I would assume starts at small forward. But there's a case to be made for Josh Hart and there's a case to be made for Gary Payton. I think that's a real competition. I think there's an there's a slim chance that Justice Winslow enters into that conversation, although I think it's pretty darn unlikely. That's the biggest competition as the Blazers head through summer into training camp. We're a little ways away from training camp, to be clear. Uh, this is the end of July, not the beginning of September, but... This will be when things start up back in September. This is, and as we head through August, kind of the the quiet season in the NBA, this is something to consider. What the Blazers really have sort of on their palette is a competition for one starting spot. And then it's a competition for who plays and how they play behind them. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about who's playing those backup forward minutes, backup big man minutes to end the show. But first, let me tell you about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar that I have ever tried. I've been eating Bill Bars for a long time, closing in on three years. Uh, I really like peanut butter brownie. I really like cookies and cream. I like the double chocolate. I like the salted caramel. But they have been innovating. Bill Bar does not rest. They make new products all the time, including their run of Puff Bars, which are chocolate-covered marshmallow consistency protein bars, including a new one that I was lucky enough to get to try, the, the, the Cookie Dough Puff Bar. Real pieces of cookie dough on top of this marshmallowy gooiness, all covered in chocolate. 15 grams of protein, just 130 calories. Still packing a punch, still tasting great. And just the sort of the sweetness pick-me-up you need without being crazy sugar heavy and still pra- still providing you with protein that you can really use. So whether you want some of the other flavors or whether you're really interested in that cookie dough puff, go to Built.com, use a promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's talk more position battles here in the second segment. 
There's a competition. I, I try not to use battles, and here I am again. There's a legit competition for a small forward, but even if that's like decided because Nas seems like the best fit there, he might not be the biggest minute getter at that spot, which means that, um, you know, you're going to move guys in. Maybe Josh Hart ends up playing more minutes at small forward than Nas. I think that's pretty reasonable. Maybe GP ends up playing more minutes or about the same number of minutes as that three spot. But I think those guys fit better on the second unit. I, th I think they fit better on the second unit for what I mentioned before was that you maximize Josh Hart by getting him on the court when he's the second ball handler, not the third, because his skills are better as like a a driver and a uh, and a playmaker than they are as just like a spacing shooter. He's more of a he's more of a secondary playmaker than he is a spacer. Although, again, you shot it so darn well in a Blazers jersey last year. Uh, I think GP is better when you get him on the court and let him guard ones and twos. So not having him on the court with Damon Ant, where it's harder to hide those guys on forwards, and you can just put GP on a really good secondary ball handler, or if, or you know, depending on how other teams uh, run their substitutions, get him in there when he's more of a guard type. Um, or at least like the other teams go small, which is more typical in second second units where teams go smaller. So you have better ways to hide uh, your smaller guards. I think that maximizes their skills. But there's a position on that second unit that I think it's still up for grabs. And I want to say this caveat before we sort of get too deep into it. I don't think the position designations matter a, a lot. But we're not all the way there in positionless basketball. We're in the uh, we're all the way there in like discussing positionless basketball and thinking about basketball less in terms of positions, but who you're able to guard like, and you can think about it like this: who guards big forwards? That's kind of who plays power forward on the, on the second unit, right? Who guards big forwards? Who guards fast guards? Like that's that's maybe a better way to think about positions. Is like who can you guard and who guards you is is like a better sense of it. You prob we probably don't need to define point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. We could probably say primary ball handlers, wings, bigger wings. That's probably the easiest way to do it. The Blazers are a little light on bigger wings. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to need that position. Particularly, you assume Jeremy Grant plays a whole bunch of minutes of power forward. When he comes off the court, who steps in for him? I think that's the one of the really interesting sort of spots, uh, backup backup for competitions this is an interesting competition as you head into camp who might get it i assume that it is a competition between justice winslow and a little bit of trend in watford and also nazir little will see some time there particularly if he doesn't if he doesn't end up starting that's nazir little spot but if he does you know you could say that winslow and Nas are pretty much interchangeable if they're on the court this is why positions matter less but sure uh Winslow and Watford are, in my mind, are competing for that spot. I think Jabari Walker is on the outside, although he has the skill set to be in the consideration. But if you listen to the podcast, I'm never, I'm never gonna, I'm never going to guess that a rookie could jump up into that spot. Like rookies tend to struggle; they earn minutes when there's opportunity. Um, if Walker wins it in camp, I will be waving the flag because it's a guy who's easy to root for. But if I'm just like sort of using my logical brain, which is what I try to do on the show, I think he's on the outside. So I think you're really talking about Justice Winslow and Trenton Watford at those backup spots. The case for Winslow is that um, the Blazers seem to be invested in him as a defender. You know, he's when they were good for that brief period, for that one week when they won four games against um, 
Giannisless Milwaukee and Russless uh, the Lakers, and then like the straight up full full Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. What a win! What a win! Uh, Justice was key to that run, and he was key to that run because he could guard big wings. He could um, he could guard. Oh, it wasn't Giannis Liss, it was his Middleton list box. I apologize. But he could he could he could guard LeBron James. Like they put him on LeBron James. They could put him on they could put him on big wings and not be uh worried about it. He also not very big, but he's really strong, he's got long arms. Uh he played center in Miami at a brief period of his career, so he basically played point guard and center, kind of point a point center, truly hybrid player, truly positionless player, but he can guard bigger wings, and the Blazers will ask him to do that a lot, which is why I think that backup four slot is his. It's why I think Trenton Watford is on the outside of the rotation or your backup five. Watford is not was has good defensive sense, like he knows where to be, but he doesn't protect the rim at all. He's not much of a shot blocker in that spot, and he's not near the physical defender that uh, Winslow is. They're both intriguing passers, but for my money, Winslow's a better passer. It's just neither of them are sh- neither of them are shooters, and I think Winslow gives you more on defense and more as a ball handler. So I'll give him the nod. Uh, Watford is bigger, like f- physically taller and a little bit larger. He's probably not stronger yet, but he can get there. Um, he's close, and Watford is probably has a little more offensive, like one-on-one offensive skills. So if you end up needing that, that's why you turn there. If you don't end up needing offense because you have Josh Hart and you have Ant playing on that second unit, like if the second unit is something like Anthony Simons, Gary Payton, Josh Hart, backup center, which we'll talk about in a second, the four spot is like probably makes more sense as Winslow because you don't need individual offense. You do need defense. You do need rebounding on that group. He's a better rebounder and a better defender than Trenton Watford right now, and I think that decision is easy. Trenton Watford, this is why it's a competition. He's a young player that is continuing to grow. He, his, his task is to make it really difficult for Chauncey Billups to not get him on the floor. And really difficult to not get him on the floor means he's part of the calculation for the last position battle that I think the Blazers have, which is who plays backup center. They've kind of hinted at it this summer, but I think there's a variety of options. Let's talk about that to close the show. Still a pass versus point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locks on Blazers. Let's talk about the big man rotation, the backup big man rotation. Yusuf Nurkic is going to play 28 to 30 minutes at center. Nurk cannot be a 35-minute-a-night center. You do not get the best out of Yusuf Nurkic when he's tired. When he's tired, he makes bad decisions with the ball. He fouls too much on defense. You don't get the most out of him. And there's just a reality that I think the most you can get out of, the best you can get out of Nurk, even when he's been at his peak, is something like 29 minutes, just shy of 30 minutes. That's fine. That's fine. If you get 30 good minutes out of Nurk, 29 good minutes out of Nurk, even 28 good minutes out of Nurk, you'll be in good shape. He's good. Uh, Four seven-minute shifts. You'll be all right. You'll get you'll get a you'll be a good basketball team with four seven minute positive seven minute shifts from Nurk. It's okay. First seven minutes, last seven minutes, and some middle fourteen minute stretch in there. It's you can do the math. Pretty easy. But twenty eight minutes of Nurk means you have twenty minutes of question mark at center, and I think this the other 
like the starting small forward spot's more intriguing, right? It's more intriguing. The bat who plays backup four is pretty intriguing because it's like the space for Trenton Watford, who was a breakout player last year, earned a contract, was really good in summer league. It's a place for him to play. Place for him to play. And part of, you know, who plays at three plays into who plays at backup four, right? But backup center is a bigger question mark. And two, twice this year, both John C. Billups and, or not twice, once John C. Billups, once Joe Cronin, in separate interviews, alluded to the idea that Jeremy Grant and Justice Winslow could play some minutes at center. That's real. Like, that's real. They're going to play that small. You do not give all that money. I mean, it's not all that money, but you don't give that money to Gary Payton. You don't give him, you know, three for 28 or whatever it was, three for 29, to, to not play him. You're going to get him on the court. If you're going to get him on the court and you're still going to have Ant and you're still going to have Dame, you're going to play minutes when you're small. If you have uh, Jeremy Grant traded for him and all this big minute role, you're going to play him 35 minutes a night. The place to play Grant and potentially the place to play Winslow, who has played center in the past, is probably a little bit, at least a little bit of backup center. That adds some complication because when I was kind of penciling this out in my mind, I thought that was Trenton Watford's minutes to play there because I thought like just based on the way the team treated him that that, that was where he was going to be. But again, not he's not a rim protector. Not He was a pretty bad defender. I like I li- like watching him with my eyeballs. I'm like, yeah, he knows how to play defense. The, the numbers for Watford suggest that he was pretty bad on defense all year. Um, some of it was just like who he played with, but... Um, you know, you got to use both your eyes and your numbers to, to kind of get the full picture. That's uh, no, no one using one or the other is doing it correct. You need both to get the full picture. Um, so I, I would concede that my eyes deceive me a little bit on my appreciation of Trina Wofford as a defender because, um, you know, I knew he wasn't a shot blocker, but the other stuff suggested he just str- struggled a little bit on that and struggled a little bit on defense. Struggle a little bit on defense is not the ideal backup center. Jeremy Grant is a pretty good help side defender. I don't think he's like, um, I don't think he's like this elite clean it up uh, help help side defender. But he's he can protect the rim a little bit. Uh, I think Justice Winslow can do that a little bit. I think Nazir Little has the um, physical tools to be uh, pretty good at guarding the rim. He's good at guarding like his own man around the rim. Like he's good at bothering shots around the rim. It's just can he be a help side defender? The Blazers are betting on it. So I think really when you're talking about backup center, you're talking about Grant, you're talking about Winslow, you're talking about Watford, and then you're talking about the odd man out. And this is, I think, who people, not that they don't talk about, I don't want to like say like everyone forgets about Drew Eubanks because like they don't, they just are being realistic. He is an, he is more emergency center than he is backup center, but he's, there are nights when Drew Eubanks has to be the backup center absolutely has to be the backup center and I think that's real I think the Blazers want to go small and they want to play super fast with the second unit um if you have a Damian Lord team and you have a Yusuf Nurkic team that team is never going to run 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 fly uh Nurk you're just not gonna he's just not up and down guy it's not it's not a skill set and Dame has pretty much never been on high pace teams. Dame is a killer in the half court, one of the best half court offensive players in the league. One of the best, hell, one of the best half court scorers in the history of the NBA. Like he's an elite offensive player and he wants to play in his half court pace. I don't think you need to speed Dame up to get the most out of him or the most out of your offense. But it's pretty clear that 
that the second unit wants to play small and play faster and fly with with Josh Hart, who wants to grab and go, and Trenton Watford, who wants to grab and go, and Gary Payton, who's a really good cutter, and I think you can get more out of Ant if you play faster. They want to play fast, and they want to play small with that second unit, and I think that's maybe a, a tactical advantage that they can have. But there are going to be nights when they need Drew Eubanks, and Drew Eubanks is a pretty good rebounder. He's a great hook, hook shot shotter he has he can score with hooks with both hands over both shoulders like he's he's got good touch around the rim I wouldn't want to play Drew Eubanks 25 minutes a night as a backup center I don't think I don't think you're going to be a really good team with that but I think it's okay if he's a small you know 16 17 minutes when you need him type of guy uh, ideally like nine one shift nine minutes and then you go the other way you play mostly small and, and, and bring Nurk back but I don't think Drew Eubanks is like so outclassed that if you do have to play him, you know, 12 minutes or whatever it is, 11, 12 minutes, two short shifts uh, in each half, two five-minute shifts each half, uh, then that you're that you're in trouble. I think he's capable of that. And I think there are going to be nights when having another center is just absolutely necessary. Obviously, with injuries and all of these things, like this is going to all change. I'm assuming in all of this math, all of this sort of this thought experiment stuff I'm doing considers everybody's healthy and fully ready to go. When everybody, when it, whoever gets, so, someone's going to miss some time somewhere in there, it's going to shake things up and then the whole rotation will change. But for now, I think these are the spots that um, are sort of in or intriguing and sort of how they handle it. Does Jabari Walker put himself in the position to play backup four? Does the team need Drew Eubanks? Their desire to play small and fast doesn't work out, but they need Drew Eubanks in that second unit. And if they do have Drew Eubanks, how fast can they play? And and if you have Eubanks in there who's not much of a shooter, can you play GP and Justice Winslow and get away with like a still be a potent second unit? Like, do you have enough shooting if you do that? It it all plays into each other. Like all of these things are related. It's not everyone doesn't exist, to use a phrase from a former executive, in a vacuum. It all it all exists together. I love lineup stuff. I'm fascinated by how the parts fit. Uh, the part of basketball I like is basketball, which makes this offseason stuff a little bit uh challenging for me as 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 someone who like I'm into the hoops part of hoops. That's the thing I like as the ball bouncing and who plays with who and all of those things and how it all fits together. Uh, I don't think that these are like crazy competitions. I think that they are intriguing choices that Chauncey Billups has to make. I don't mean to paint this like there is a competition for small forward. Um, That's me doing an impression of myself for those scoring at home. But it is like... It is some intriguing decisions because the decision you make to start Nas triggers who comes in on that second unit as the two and the three, and who comes in the second unit as the two and the three means who can pl- who needs to play four and five because of the fit, and the the size of the other team will dictate how much you can get away with, or if you want to be the team that tries to dictate it. Can the Blazers play so small and so fast that teams can't afford to go big in the second unit, right? Like, that's the gamble, or the bet, rather, is that, like, we're going to be the ones that set the style and then you play to our style. If the Blazers are capable of doing that, if they're the one dictating the terms, they're in really good shape. You don't get to dictate the terms every night. The NBA is too darn long. That's why you need depth and you need options. And I think this illustrates the way the Blazers have options. One name I didn't mention before we get out of here, Shaden Sharp. The Blazers, if they want to play Shaden Sharp, are going to just have to play him at some minutes on the wing some minutes as a small forward type player. 
and they're going to just have to do it. Um, he doesn't have a natural spot. If you want to play Josh Hart and you want to play Gary Payton and you're going to play Dame and you're going to play Ant and all of those dudes play a bunch, that's a lot of minutes at the guard spots that are taken. The room for Shaden Sharp to play is at the three, so that's over Nas or over Hart and GP who are going to also play minutes at the three. And it means that Nas moves up to the four, which means that the competition for Winslow is... Um, is Nas as your backup power forward. Like, just doing this sort of experiment in my head, it's hard to figure out where Shaden Sharp plays unless the Blazers say, Shaden's going to play, we'll figure out the rest, and the people who get squeezed are, you know, zero little second shift or Justice Winslow's minutes altogether. Those are the competitions, those are the Blazers spots that I think are up for grabs. The starting spots are mostly taken care of and how the second unit fits will be something fascinating that I follow all year long. Some programming notes. Uh, In August, this show, which is typically five days a week, and I've rarely missed them, but I did miss one this week and I apologize for it, is going to go to three days a week. Uh, I'm going to be out of town for a big chunk of August, so um, I'm going to pre-record some stuff, some long interviews with some fun people. That'll begin next week. You will not want to miss it. Some fun Blazers folks are going to be on the show. Make sure you come back for that one. Uh, but starting in August, uh, three days a week, I believe how it's going to work is I'm going to have shows on Monday, on Wednesday, and on Friday mornings. Uh, they might change up a little bit, but the pre-recorded stuff over the first couple weeks of August will be Monday. Wednesday, and Friday. This is a daily podcast. I've committed a lot of uh, time and energy to making a daily podcast, and I take a great deal of pride of having something in your feeds or on your YouTube channel every day of the week. But August is going to be a little bit different. We'll come back strong in September, heading into training camp with our countdown in training camp and all of those things. But if you'll join me, please do. Make me your first listen. Make this your first listen. Make Locked On Blazers your first listen. Three days a week, all month long in August. Enjoy yourselves during the quiet months of this uh, Blazers season. Uh, if if news does break, if there's some like big news stuff, uh, hopefully it doesn't happen those first two weeks of August where I'm gonna be out of town for a little bit. But I'll be back. Like I'm not I'm not gonna be totally MIA. So join me three days a week, all August long, and then we'll come back to five days a week once we hit September. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh.